0: This podcast is part of the Red Five Network. For more Red Five Network podcasts, visit red5network.com.
1: Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action-adventure and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to another episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. This is episode ninety-nine of the Science Fictionary. Can't believe we've been doing doing it that long already, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll we'll be recording episode one hundred next week. So stay tuned for that. But uh, as always, I'm Andrew, and I'm here tonight with Marisha, hello, and David.
0: I think it'd be pretty funny if this was the last episode and we just never made it to 100.
2: (laughs) Just drop them off a cliff. Real cliffhanger.
0: Uh, Exactly.
2: But no sequel.
0: (laughs) No sequel. And then, like, after a couple years, the podcast suddenly blows up, gets super popular, and everyone's like, where's episode 100? (laughs) Never made it. Oh, I'm David.
2: Hi. Hi, David. How's it going?
1: All right, Um, we got a few things to talk about tonight, and uh, I think probably next week, either next week or the week after, we'll get back to doing. I think we've got some
2: uh, some topics, some
1: topics, some more evergreen topics, some lists, some uh,
2: yeah. We we got to do this week in, in things that David's too young to have experienced firsthand. You know, like let's make David watch old stuff. That, that oh, was a fun yeah. segment. Yes. Yeah, no, we,
1: we definitely need to get back. Uh, we're, I'm trying to let him finish watching Voyager before oh, we start true. watching X-Files again.
0: Yeah. yeah. I had to take a break from Voyager. I watched so much Star Trek so fast. <laughs> you <laughs> did. You watched like a l- lot of DC Star Trek. I all of 9 and all the, all the movies and then got through most of Voyager. I have about a season of Voyager left and I've, I've slowed down a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am so close.
1: Yeah, I've got to get back on watching some new stuff. Uh work has been more brain-racking stuff here lately. So I've been I've been just having stuff on the TV that's already very familiar so mm-hmm. so I don't have to pay that close attention to it.
2: Yeah. Uh so he's I've, been he's been watching King of the Hill again most recently.
1: <laughs> In the last week and a half, I think I think I'm almost done with season 4, so been, that's amazing. Been plowing through some. King There's of the been hell. lots
2: of cowbell in my in the background I've, of my my house. I'm watching some Futurama.
1: I oh, oh, love yeah. Futurama. Basically. You know it's coming back. I don't think we've talked yeah. about that here, but it is. It's got a revival season coming. Yeah,
0: so. and after a petition, uh, the voice of Bender is is coming back as well.
1: Yeah, they had a little. Apparently, had a uh, a little trouble with. Uh, that's Joe DiMaggio, right?
0: Yeah, Joe DiMaggio mm, yes.
1: had a little trouble with his contract. Um, but apparently they sorted it out and he is coming back so that's awesome As he he's should. one of
0: the best voice actors ever like he's done so much stuff
1: oh i mean just that whole series like uh like billy west and um you know a lot of the people on that show are really great voice actors he's but
0: jake in adventure time and my personal favorite he voices marcus phoenix from gears of war yep I kind of forgot. I kind
1: of forgot that he did that.
0: Yeah. Uh but yeah, lots of range. He even did Batman once. Uh,
1: really?
2: Maybe a couple times. Huh, that's cool. Multi talented.
1: Uh but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that because I think that uh I think Futurama is one of the the best animated series ever made. And it's uh, I agree. And I ranked it really high when we kind of ranked sci-fi TV series, or not really ranked, but when we talked the uh, uh, pillars. the pillars, like mm-hmm. that was a big one because it is, it's quintessential sci-fi. It's I mean,
0: some of my favorite sci-fi. Uh, I never thought of it this way, but it's become my new favorite type of sci-fi after I watched like some video essays about it. Uh, Futurama really captures this idea in sci-fi that no matter what happens in the future, humans will find a way to make it mundane.
1: <laughs> right?
0: Like yeah. no matter what happens, it just it'll all kind of level out and become the normal and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. So it's 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 actually a little optimistic in that way I
1: think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
0: And I really enjoy that cuz that's honestly how I my Personally, like that's how I think the future is going to go.
2: Yeah,
0: Uh, that's what that's what I believe is going to happen is like no matter what happens, whether it is apocalypse, whether it's, you know, literally Futurama, whether it's Star Trek, whatever humans find a way to adapt and to just make that the new normal Mm -hmm. and to go back to worrying about TV and donuts and stuff.
1: (laughs) Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's an interesting point because. You know, like you get, you know, especially things like Star Trek. You know, you're, you're more optimistic sci-fi. You know, you all it always kind of features like the the strange new world edge. You know, where everybody's you know starry eyed and you know excited about you know whatever it is that they're doing. But in reality, like who who would have ever thought that it would be totally run of the mill to sit down in front of your glowing computer screen? And talk to somebody on the other side of the world. And, right. And, and that this, you know, and have, I mean, you remember Back to the Future, you know, video calls and, you know, and it was like, wow, that's, that's gonna be, you know, what, what a strange world that'll be, you know. And here we yeah. are.
0: Exactly. It's normal. That's a great point. Like, Zoom everything conferences. Kinda becomes normal. normal.
2: Right. So in
0: the future, if I'm, if I'm in line and I'm standing behind a one eyed alien to get my donut, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, that's great. Look, I, I, I need to get a powdered and I need to get a glazed. Like, yeah. yeah. And I need to go to work so I can make money and get food. That's what I'm
2: concerned about. Right, exactly. Right.
1: Well, that's, like you said, that's the kind of the brilliant thing about Futurama. It's like, because in a lot of ways, it does have this, like, you know, it, it it's different, it's weird and, and kind of goofy at times, but it still has a, a sort of bright future you know where all these cool, awesome things that improve humanity exist, and then you have Fry that's just like the quintessential average Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's just worried about like you know he he's and, and not just he this isn't his home like he's taken from the past and thrown into this future, and he's still just worried about like everyday things.
2: But how? I mean, you you can see that even on a small level. Um, I mean, you've got a brother-in-law from Ecuador. And life is very different there than it is here. But like, he's very American now that he's here. I mean, you know, his, the way he thinks about things, the conversations he has, if he didn't have an accent, you wouldn't know that he was not, hadn't lived here his whole life. And this hadn't been, you know, his, his normal life or his whole existence. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think that's just kind of, I mean, who would have thought that people would be sitting around talking about, you know, how to cheat on Zoom conferences so that their boss won't know that they're not there? Or, you know, kids putting photographs of themselves up in front of the camera while they're having virtual school. Like, who would have ever thought that would be like a humdrum thing that people are trying to figure out how to be lazy about? You know, their video calls.
0: I think that overall, humans as a species, our goal... Is not necessarily to find h- how to make things the most exciting, the most cool, like the best stuff. Our overall goal is to make. How can we be? How can we make something? What What is the smartest way that we can get out of doing work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to call it lazy because it's not lazy necessarily to be able- to be smart enough to figure out that you can put a picture up and if you frame it a certain way. Like there's a certain amount of ingenuity to that. And, and, and the constant goal, you know, the idea of your body's constantly reaching for homostasis, where your body temperature is perfectly at 98 degrees. Mm-hmm. You have the exact right amount of food in your system. You mm-hmm. have the exact right amount of um, of water. You've you got enough the sleep, but not sleep. too
2: much. All that, yeah.
0: Right. Exact, homostasis homeostasis, like the perfect – that's what I think humans – that's what I think the human race kind of bounces out to. Like we'll get really, really high temperature and things aren't great and maybe we'll get a little low and, and, and things – aren't great, but our constant goal is to balance out right in the middle to where we can go back to being like, okay, Bored. <laughs> we're good. I'm bored. Uh, all right, what do I want for dinner tonight? Uh, That's all
2: humanity some... wants is to be bored.
0: Yeah. I could fly to Mars to get some squid. Uh, or, you know, I could go to the, the Jupiter. You know, there's a great Thai restaurant over there. Like, that, yep. like, oh, one of my favorite jokes when Fry's like, Learning about his brother who got to do all this stuff, and he's mm-hmm. like, "What?" The, I think he's just like, "His he's his brother went to Mars." He's like, "I should have gone to Mars." And then it's like, "You went there this morning for donuts, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right?" Yeah, actually, that's one of my favorite episodes of that show. I think.
0: Yeah, that's great
1: because Futurama also Park. finds the way to in all the silliness, still like kind of hit on like really like important things. Uh, which I don't know, you've probably never seen that episode, but like he gets thrown way into the future, like frozen, mm-hmm. wakes up yeah, in the yeah. future. And like he always wanted to be an astronaut. He wanted to go to Mars and all these things. And right. uh
2: and, it was and eventually he guy. finds
1: out that his brother did all those things. Okay. But at the at the spoilers, at the end of the episode, he what he finally discovers, he's jealous. He goes through this whole episode uh-huh. of being jealous, even though it's like you go to space every day of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And, but what he finds out is that it was his brother. His brother was inspired by him when he disappeared
2: to go do all those things. To do those things, huh. yeah. And It was a very touching moment.
1: And uh, they and they do that a lot in that show.
0: Yeah, don't get me started on Seymour Butts. <laughs>
1: right uh, the the dog
0: yeah yeah the dog um marisha do you know about that episode
2: I, I don't suppose that i do okay
0: i'm gonna break your heart real quick long story short whenever fry gets cryogenically frozen mm-hmm. his dog stays in one place waiting for him to return for his entire life
2: oh that's yeah. really sad
0: very sad. I was at PetSmart the other day. It just happened to be adoption day. And I literally almost got a dog just because its name was Fry. <laughs> I was like, that's adorable. I love that.
2: That's funny.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Futurama's coming back, which is great.
1: Yeah. No, can't, can't wait for that. The, the most exciting thing to me about that is not just that it's coming back. Cause a lot of that's kind of the thing right now. Everything's coming back. Um, but it's it's not every, Firefly. but it's everybody well we've had a lot of especially in anime like we got yeah. animaniacs back mm-hmm. but it's just not quite the same. Like the season two of the Animaniacs, we watched some of that while you were gone. Mm-hmm. Like it was like watching old Animaniacs. But the whole first season just couldn't quite find its rhythm. But mm-hmm. on this one, I'm really glad that everybody's coming back. Mm-hmm. Actors, writers. Who are invested in these characters right, and, right. and and the story and and that everybody's coming back and so I hope that when it comes back it feels like Futurama. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm really excited about that one. Um, let's see what else do we have tonight. Um, oh, let's let's talk about that Stranger Things trailer.
2: Oh yes, sure.
1: Um, we've been waiting for that one for what seems like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of to the point where I kind of feel like I've kind of lost interest. Um, it just feels like it's been so long since we saw season three, and yeah. it, it may it may have more to do with the weirdness that was the last two years than how long it's actually been.
2: the The, the fact that the last two years think feels like they went on for a decade. It's
1: it's really weird because the last two years, if like. If you think about it one way, it feels like it's been forever. And then if you think about it another way, it's like sometimes somebody will be like, oh, you did this appraisal for me like last year. And I look and it's like, that was five years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. what the heck? Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, the last two years, has just been weird. So, um I don't know. I just, I like the trailer. I, I don't. I, maybe I, if I, I rewatched some of it, I would get more fired up about the trailer because I really mm-hmm. haven't rewatched it in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm having trouble getting just real pumped up about this show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Coming off of season three, I was really high on the show. I was really, really enjoying it. I've had mixed feelings on the show from the beginning because, of course, I loved the first season. Season one Heart- incredible. There was a part of me that kind of wanted season one to be it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and and it would have been one of those things. It's like this one perfect season of television.
0: Mm-hmm. That's and it'd be so. Imagine it'd be so cool if and like that's the thing where like if that was the case twenty years from now we'd be talking about like the Stranger Things that one season like it and it ended with that little little hint that Eleven was still out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And it would have been great. Part of me also was like, you know, this would be a cool anthology series. Like, every season's a completely different Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I thought that would be cool. But in the end, they decided to continue the story. And I'm not complaining because I really do like these characters a lot. And I liked season two, and I liked season three a lot. Uh, There was some criticism on season three, how it felt a lot more... um, Lively and a little it felt a little less strange is, is a word that is, mm-hmm. is a sentence I heard a couple times. Cause it's like, Oh, evil Russians and eighties mall stuff. Like that's not that strange anymore. Is it? Uh, it, it's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Actually. Like this is stuff we've all seen before while season one, we had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while season three was we we've seen a lot of that before, but I still really enjoyed it. So coming off of season three, I was very excited to see what, what what we, what we had coming, especially because Netflix usually does not do more than three seasons. Right. Um, it's a very big deal that they're even doing a season four. And I think they confirmed this is going to be the last season. They did. Um, and so I've been very excited. But then you're right. It took forever. And I kind of honestly haven't thought about Stranger Things in a while mm-hmm. until I watched that trailer. And I really liked the trailer, but I'm not like pumped. I'm not like yes, I gotta see this now. I'm kind of like okay, cool. That'll be cool when it comes out in the summer.
2: See the last, I feel like the last trailer, which which was the one with all the kids and the Halloween Ghostbusters costumes for season three. For season three, that trailer, like I saw that and I was like, hell yes! It was like I watched it and I was like, it's just coming out like tomorrow because like I am ready to watch this show. I didn't love. It, as it turned out, the season quite as much as I love the trailer, but man, that trailer sold me. And this one was kind of like, okay, have you watched any Doctor Who at all, David?
0: Uh, uh, David Tennant stuff.
2: I've okay. Watched. So I feel like that trailer ripped off about four Doctor Who tropes just in the trailer.
0: This one that we just watched.
2: Yes the crack and then we've got the clocks and then we've got the creepy alien with no face and there was something else that I was like oh look it's Doctor Who I mean which is fine but it felt more to me like a Doctor Who trailer than a Stranger Things trailer
1: hmm. that's interesting um, I have not watched Doctor Who so I didn't take that away from it I, I mean I think the trailer's fine and I think that to some extent Like, maybe there was... It's a long trailer, but they still don't show you much. But it it is the final act. Like, this whole season kind of has to be the final act. Yeah. So, I am excited to see where they go and how they wrap the story up. And how much of it they actually answer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, I'm wondering how they're going to handle how long it's going to take for Eleven and uh you know everyone that moved away to come back to hawkins because honestly i actually really hated that ending um yeah last season uh because it felt like okay well i know they're just going to come back because there's a season four coming so like why are you even doing this this is just like kind of wasting our time also i just thought it was stupid i did i didn't enjoy that ending of the mom being like okay we're leaving screw it we're done taking 11 with me it's like no all of, all of their friends are here After everything you've been through you, we, i think that y'all should stick together mm-hmm. if anything uh but that was just my what i took away from it also i th- kind of felt like oh is the older brother not gonna protest this he's like a grown adult now mm-hmm. um, so I, I just really did not like that particular part of the ending yeah um So, but now I'm, so now I'm kind of like, I hope they just go ahead and get everyone back to Hawkins. Like, I don't want to spend the first five episodes with the characters on completely other opposite sides of the continent, uh, dealing with strange stuff. Uh, not to mention there's a character on the other side of the world.
1: Correct. Yeah. The the faster they get everyone back together, the better, I think.
2: It looks like they all wound up going to the same place. Doesn't it kind of look that way? It does
0: we definitely see them together. Like it does look that they all end up going to the same place. Um, it, I am just wondering how long it's going to take to get there. Um, but yeah, we saw that Hopper was alive, which I appreciated actually. Cause like, it was so plainly obvious that he was still alive. Right. At the end of the last season, like it wasn't even a secret. So I liked they're not playing us like idiots and they're just like, yep, here he is. He's mm-hmm. in Russia. Just like you thought. Yeah. Yeah. He's in prison. I thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, it's one of those things that was going to be like, if we tried to pretend like it was a secret, but we already all already knew, then we would have me saying the same thing I did about the first episode of Moon Knight. Where, like, why are we acting like this is all a secret whenever you told us literally in the description. Yeah. It's like, why are we acting? So yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I'm glad that they didn't kind of try and pretend like, Hey, if you were 150% not paying attention, then you're going to be surprised. Yeah. Cause those, those kinds of things are never fun.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I think uh, I'm with Andrew. It's it, it. And I may, my interest for it may kind of pick back up, but it has been a long time. Um, since we saw the last season, you know, and it's just, it's always a, a little bit, it's a little bit of a challenge, I think, to like galvanize a fan base again after yeah. that long. I think a lot of shows have had that problem coming back after COVID,
1: especially well, not just COVID. I, you can actually go back pre COVID and look at this. In the early days of uh, really as the streaming services were really first trying to get going, we were getting like, you'd get a season. And then they would be like, "Well, the next season doesn't come out for eighteen months." Right. And uh, the last ship actually, some some TV series that actually had trouble getting filmed mm-hmm. um, had trouble. You know, had this issue. The last ship was one where mm-hmm. you had so long between some of the seasons that the viewer just kind of forgot about it. Yep. Like you, you, you forget that. Oh yeah, that thing is is actually coming back. Like. Right. You know, when it's gone for 18 months or two years, it kind of feels like you your normal TV show. If it's gone that long, that means it's just gone. Right. And, and so I do think, and there's always a danger. And of course, this one was delayed because of COVID. And also some people's filming schedules and some of these uh, actors have started finding more, you know, the, these younger actors have started finding a little more work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then the, of course, you know, as soon as you do that, the, the filming schedules get more challenging. Right. But uh the one thing I do appreciate about this show and, and does excite me is is I first I love the way they the duffers tell stories. Mm-hmm. Um I love the way they shoot this this series. Like I, it's wonderfully shot. Yeah. Um and it looks like nothing's really changed. If anything, they've stepped their game up a little bit mm-hmm. on this fourth season. So I mean I'm excited that it's coming back, but I'm not just, like, knocking down the doors, like, you know, oh, I need it now. Like, when it gets here, I'll be excited to watch it. Yeah. but
2: Why do we think Eleven doesn't have her powers? Is this something we explored in, in the last season? Or is this, like, new information?
0: Um, In the last season, if I'm remembering correctly, I think her powers were kind of... Uh, dwindling on the fritz okay yeah and um i think when they like i think the idea might have been that when they like shut that gate that was under hawkins
2: right okay
0: it like cut her off basically okay if i'm i might be entirely wrong i might be making the head up but if i'm remembering it correctly i think that that's the case and by the end of the season I, i i remember 11 like in the, the la- those last few minutes of the season being like, I don't have my powers anymore.
1: Yeah. And she,
0: I, she was worried. I remember she was worried that they weren't going to come back.
1: Right. And I think that's kind of the thing. I think they kind of left us hanging on that, on how she lost her powers. Okay. Uh, and David's right. I think it had something to do with the gate. She had also just faced off with the uh, the mind flare. Mm-hmm. So whatever it was, I think that's something we still mm-hmm. will learn about in this next season. But... So we kind of knew it was happening yeah. at the end of the last season, but I don't think we knew. I don't think they explained it at all.
2: And so, what do we think about uh, Max going all Superman over Billy's grave? Do you think we, he's he's Do you think she's channeling something there, or has she got some kind of abilities of her own? Like, is it related to the fact that she's at his graveside, or is is that just where she's manifesting?
0: What I first thought when I saw that was like, oh, she's being like possessed or something in the same way that he was, mm-hmm. um, or some kind of force is like holding her up in that way. I didn't take it as, oh, she has powers now, but that mm-hmm. might be what that is. I didn't even think of it, um, that way, but that, that, it, that's a, just as plausible as what I'm saying, um. I don't really want them to give Max powers. I I, I don't want any of the kids to get powers. I like that just Eleven has powers.
1: I think it kind of loses its... I think it kind of loses its way... The story loses its way to suddenly give other people powers. Yeah. Especially someone that came to the town later.
2: Right, yeah. Yeah. If anybody should be manifesting powers, I think it should be... um, It's been a long time since we've seen this show. It has. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the fact that we're having to reach so hard for details is part of the problem.
1: It's Will. Will Byers.
2: Will. Will. Yes. Okay, Will.
0: Okay, yeah. So yeah, if
2: I feel like if anybody else should show up with powers, it should be Will. Because,
0: like, honestly... Well, he kind of had powers where he just... He, he was able to... His power was very tame, though. He was just able to, like, know where stuff was. Or, like, when monsters were coming mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he has some sort of connection to to whatever's happening but
0: yeah. yeah. Not really. Which I like I, I like the people who have powers it's very very tame. Um mm-hmm. like Eleven is not like ultra powerful in any way. She has some telekinesis abilities, but she's no Superman. Right. Um, but the idea of being that in a, in a world like this like having even any kind of powers is supposed to be in the real world. So that's a big right. deal. Yeah. even if it's a if someone showed up in the real world with like just the ability to move a cup from side to side that would be a huge deal so right it it, it kind of keeps it tame and it, it wraps up it, it, the tension because it's like oh it's not it's not like there's superman coming to save them
2: mm-hmm.
0: even when 11 is there to help um she's very limited and you know she'd pass out if she used her powers too much and stuff so
2: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah i agree with you like i don't want anyone else to be getting powers
2: yeah.
1: Um, well any more thoughts on on the stranger things trailer or or the season before we move on?
2: I liked the music. Yeah, the music was They
1: always do a really good job. they They've done a really, really good job with catching the uh, kind of catching the right feel for for the era that is supposed to <laughs> yeah. be set in. I, I think they do a really good job with that.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I'm just I'm honestly what I'm most excited about is to see what the Duffer brothers do next.
1: Yeah. Well, the Duffer brothers have something coming up, right?
0: I'm not sure. Uh, I can look that up though.
2: They have Funko Pops.
0: Huh. Uh, I don't see anything. Um But I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I thought they were doing something with Steven Spielberg.
2: Hmm.
1: Oh no, they're doing it. That's what it is. Oh, and it is I think it is Spielberg. Uh okay, so coming up next, the uh the let's see. So the next thing that the Duffer brothers appear to have going is uh they're doing Stephen King's The Talisman. Um and apparently this is something that Steven Spielberg bought the rights to years ago.
2: Didn't he buy the rights to it before the movie was even, before oh, the book was I, even finished I or think so. Like those lines?
1: Like he bought the, the rights to this a really long time ago. And The Talisman came out in 84. And so I think Spielberg's been sitting on the rights to the Stephen King book for that long. And he has tapped the uh, Duffer brothers to tell that story.
2: Cool. Yeah, that should be that should be an interesting.
1: yeah uh, the, the story let's see. Um, Amblin has the rights to the story. It's about a 12 year old kid named Jack Sawyer who goes on a fantastical road trip to find a powerful relic that he can use to save his dying mother and the world.
2: So it's the magician's <clears throat> nephew.
1: Yeah, but it it doesn't take place in America though it involves going in and out of a twisted mirror version of the country known as the territories. So we'll see. I mean, it's uh, the Duffer brothers working with Spielberg kind of sounds like a dream project, so. Mm
0: -hmm. It does indeed.
1: So we'll have to look that up. I'll have to do some research. We'll talk about that down the road because that was announced just over a year ago, and I hadn't heard anything about it, so <clears throat> we'll have to see if that project's actually still in the works. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so next, I want to talk, I, I talked about this before it came out a few weeks ago, um, but since then, we have watched uh, The Atom Project on Netflix. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, Andrew and Marisha have. Well, we have.
1: have. David David hasn't watched it yet.
2: Um, but we're going to sell him on it tonight. <laughs> Go
0: for it. Please, please do. Personally, it didn't look very interesting to me, but you guys have had high praise for it on Twitter. And so, uh, uh, you know, sell me. I'm going to sit here quietly and... and uh, I think, <laughs> I
1: think that potentially outside of the MCU, and maybe even feels more like a throwback to late 80s, early 90s, like family-friendly action adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, It's kind of got some E.T. vibes in places, a little bit of, uh, you know, Flight of the Navigator kind of stuff going on in places. Mm-hmm. It it feels like uh the last last Starfighter. It's kind of got the vibe of those movies, but obviously it has the benefit of modern uh right, you know, effects. But it, it's kind of like what those kinds of movies could have been with mm-hmm. the modern effects. I think it's like I said, maybe outside of the MCU, and if this were an MCU movie, I would rank it fairly high in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was made for Netflix. Um it is just a fun, family-friendly action flick.
2: You know, honestly, and th- this is a a little bit uh, out of left field as far as an assessment, but in some ways, it feels a little bit like Spy Kids. If the villains in Spy Kids weren't so incredibly dumb, like it's kind of got that <laughs> same kind of like you know we're gonna band together and you know get the get the guy kind of vibe, yeah. you know, and it's it's, it's kind of lighthearted. Um
1: and I mean, like this this whole thing where Ryan Reynolds is like one of the biggest action stars on the planet all of a
2: sudden. Yeah, how crazy is that?
1: Um it, it's it's one of those things. I mean, like, you know, he, he's done like I guess he's got some sort of contract with Netflix or something. Either that or Netflix is just willing to just keep throwing money at him. Which why wouldn't you at right. this point? And honestly, he but,
2: seems like if if anyone will throw enough money at him and promise him a good time, he seems pretty down for anything.
1: Yeah. But I, I really, really enjoyed the movie and maybe more importantly, the kids loved it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, they really did.
1: They don't normally turn around and ask to watch the same movie, you know, within the same week, but they did with this one.
2: Except Sonic. Elijah Except for asked Sonic. To Elijah watch would, Sonic would watch Sonic every week. The next day. Yeah. Which which is one that David sold us on, actually. That was That was Nick. That was Nick.
0: The backyard Tardis. It
2: was Nick. Okay, it was Nick's
0: yes. favorite spinster. Um, at first, I was like, "Yeah, I sold y'all," because I I actually never saw it. Sonic. I was just like, uh, "Oh, I, I think it's really cool that they went back and fixed Sonic after the fan backlash." So I think yeah. I'm gonna go see it.
1: That's a fun I movie.
0: Yeah. So I was sitting here sitting like, I was like, oh, I guess I really sold you all on that by saying that, huh? But then you mentioned the favorite speedster thing. And I was like, oh, no, that was Nick who said yeah. okay. his favorite speedster. Uh, that is
1: a fun movie, though. And the, the speedster scenes were basically lifted directly from mm-hmm. uh, the, the Fox X-Men universe mm-hmm. Quicksilver. They're done the same way, and yeah. it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Um, I was trying to think of a favorite Speedster joke, but I couldn't think of one. I was like, like, (laughs) "My favorite Speedster is actually," and then name someone who's a really bad Speedster. But I I got nothing. Well,
2: whenever you think of it, at the end of the episode, we you can you can say, "We'll just copy and paste."
0: That's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna think about that now for the while y'all continue talking about the Adam Project.
2: Perfect. So, but with the exception of Elijah and Sonic, we haven't had any requests to rewatch something. Immediately, but yeah, literally, they, the kids, uh, and Andrew watched it while I was, uh, while I was out of town working, and literally, they came to visit me that weekend. They're like, "Let's watch the Adam Project." They like that's all they talked about after I got home. Was when are we going to sit down and watch this movie?
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, the other thing about this, it's now. Last time I looked, it was the fourth most watched movie ever on Netflix.
2: Wow. It's pretty um, impressive.
1: Yeah, the the watch hours on it are, are pretty insane. But it's got, I mean, the cast, like it's got Ryan Reynolds, Jennifer Garner, uh, Zoe Saldana, and Mark, Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. all in it. Um, I mean, those were going to draw, but I, I think it pays off. Like, I think everybody was really, really good in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Reynolds plays Ryan Reynolds, which mm-hmm. at he this He does point, very well. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like... You know, he's one of those people. It's like, well, he just plays the same guy every time. And it's like, that's fine. Like, it's fun. it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kid, uh, Walker Scoble, who played the lead, he basically spends the whole movie doing a Ryan Reynolds impression. Yeah. Which appears to sort of be potentially how he, like, got through his auditions. That may
2: be his shtick.
1: <laughs> was that he can just, like, he's just little Ryan Reynolds.
2: God help us all. Um, he
1: pulls it off scary well if you go watch his interviews on YouTube where he's like um doing the Deadpool monologues in interviews and it's like this is like you watch him do it and he knows every word it's like this is clearly what this kid did for his for his auditions mm-hmm. <laughs> was yeah. the Deadpool monologues yeah but as it turns out like this movie came out did it come out right at the beginning of April or right at the end of March
2: must have been the end of March because I was home by the beginning of April. Okay.
1: Um, this, this kid, actually, back in January, and they just announced it this week, but back in January was cast as the lead in Percy Jackson and the, and the Olympians, the new series they're doing on uh, Disney+. Plus. So, um, I mean... This kid has nothing in his resume, like like no bit parts, no background characters. Like, it's just uh, his first credit is the Atom Project, and his second is, or he's got something in production now, and then his third will be the Percy Jackson series.
2: That's impressive. So That's interesting. That reminds
0: me of, uh, you know, the girl they cast as Miss Marvel had literally done nothing. Yeah. Uh, And now Disney Plus, once again, they're doing that for Percy Jackson.
2: Mm-hmm. Every once in a while that happens with kids. Uh, the The girl who was Lucy Pevensey back, I mean, 20 years ago now, someone saw her in a school play mm-hmm. and was like, she's the one, she's the one we want for the lead in our multi-million dollar Narnia movie. Yeah. Oh, nice. You know, so. It's always interesting when that happens, but, uh, I mean, he definitely pulled off, he definitely pulled off the Adam project and he was... I think it's
1: fun. I think it's a yeah. sweet movie. It is. The it, action is really, really good. They didn't cheap out on the action. Yeah. On, on and Sa- the, on and the...
2: Zoe Saldana always kicks butt. I mean she does. She she was she was great.
1: Um they didn't cheap out on visual effects. Mm-hmm. It looks like a big budget movie. Yep. Um
2: which I noticed that our Netflix subscription went up to sixteen dollars a month. So we can lay at least some of that. On the expensive VFX for this show. Well, you can
1: you can kind of sort of I think like you can look at competition two different ways. Uh, so competition is good. Eventually drives down the price, right? You know, so as they can, as people compete for prices. But the right. problem is right now is Disney has so much money mm-hmm. that they can ruin everybody. Right. So Disney has so much money to throw into streaming stuff, their streaming platform. Mm -hmm. And so far, they really haven't gone out of their way to do big streaming movies. They seem to still mostly want to do those on the big screen Mm because there is more money. Mm -hmm. Um, But right now, Netflix is having to crank up. I mean, they had kind of got their own studio going a few years ago Mm -hmm. and started producing stuff themselves. But they're really having to invest. Yeah. right now if they if they know you know a, a lot of times Netflix was the innovator like yeah. Netflix is the original right as far as this kind of thing but it's not often the innovators that are the ones that are around 20 years later that's true usually someone paves the way and someone comes behind them and knocks them off their pedestal yeah and Netflix is kind of in danger of that happening because now everybody's doing the streaming thing. Everybody, right. every channel, every network, every studio's got a streaming platform. Right.
2: And, and they're all and, looking for the next Game of Thrones. And
1: But that means also that a lot of things Netflix was relying on for views are going on someone else's streaming platform now.
2: Yeah, that's true. So
1: they're having to invest heavily and they while Netflix is worth a lot of money, they didn't have the capital to just put into production because they didn't already have the studio. Like, Disney has their studio in place. Right. And and NBC has their studio in place. And Paramount has their studio in place. And, And so I think a lot of that has kind of put Netflix in a bind. Yeah. And so I'm not that surprised that the Netflix subscription has gone up they also lost, I don't know what their numbers look like right now, but they had a period of time where their numbers were sliding as far as subscribers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I don't know what that did to them or if that, that for all I know, that bounced right back. Um, and it certainly will with some of these things they're putting out now. And, and their numbers yeah. are, are still hitting, they're, they're hitting really good numbers. Obviously, if the Atom Project is now the fourth most watched thing ever on there, they're doing, they're still doing something right.
2: Right.
0: And they're still making highly critically acclaimed stuff pretty frequently. And that's kind of all they can do right now. Yeah. Um, I recently watched a movie on there called windfall another, cause there's like, okay, there's a ton of Netflix exclusive stuff that becomes all that, that comes out a lot more low key than something like the Adam project, but a show called windfall had Jason Siegel in it. Not a show. It was a movie called windfall. Jason Siegel in it had, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Guy from Breaking Bad, and um, I think Emily De Chanel is her name. Okay, and yeah. that was it. That was the that was the whole cast, and it was just this great film that I really enjoyed. So, like, <coughs> excuse me, Netflix just makes high quality stuff. They do. They really do. Personally, I think overall quality of content, like, probably they're the best producer some one of the best producers in the world right now
1: Oh I absolutely agree and and that's they've really been putting um people the 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 uh, award shows kind of in a bind with uh people saying you know them not you know the award shows not necessarily wanting to recognize Netflix stuff and everybody's mm-hmm. going well it, it's the best like it's the best movie mm-hmm. out yeah. there like how do you just ignore it um yep so Netflix is still making Fantastic content. I mean, I'll say it. Don't you know? Don't forget, Netflix still made it. it Might have been it. Might have been MCU property, but Netflix still made what is probably still the best superhero TV series out there.
2: Uh, in Daredevil. In Daredevil. Yep, I agree.
1: Like, I don't know of anything. Like, I really liked Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, and and I think I liked Hawkeye so much because in some ways it felt kind of like a toned down version of the same world, right? Um, yeah. And and I'm liking Moon Knight, but they're not they're not Daredevil. Like yeah, Daredevil yeah. was next level. If you ranked that alongside the MCU movies, it's still going to rank up there pretty good.
0: When I look at like okay all. All superhero TV shows, and I like a lot of them. I've seen Smallville. Like, let's go back in the old ones, right? Yeah. I've seen Smallville. Um, I I've seen it, at least some of every show in the CW universe. Mm-hmm. I've seen all of Arrow, most of Flash. Um, I've seen all the new MCU stuff, and I've seen all the Netflix MCU stuff. Nothing comes close to Daredevil, in my opinion.
1: No, I, I agree with that. Like,
0: I think season two of Arrow is one of my favorite seasons of television season ever.
1: one, Season one and two of Arrow are fantastic. I, I, that gets lost because they kind of went... It went so askew after the second season. It got so
2: emo eventually. Well, yeah. it,
1: it just started getting into telling the same story arc over and over and just changing the, who was the in details, which role.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the Flash fell into the yeah. same result. and And now they're just kind of that whole arrow uh, Arrowverse over there is just kind of a big mess, it but is. but I think that people do to now because it's such a mess are too dismissive of those first two seasons of Arrow yeah. because they were
0: fantastic TV. They were, and, and 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 to be honest, we don't get Daredevil on Netflix without those first two seasons of Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's probably uh, true.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, the, the the like really gritty, down to earth superhero. Um, stories on television that really hadn't been done before, I don't think, and, um, and to such a high quality. Uh, but those first few seasons of Arrow are great. I still don't think they they they're the closest, in my opinion. But they they still don't touch Daredevil.
1: No, it's it's a totally they they hit something. Like I I'm okay. Like the the other Netflix MCU series, like they're okay. Like, I really never could get that into Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. And I'll just insert uh, audio of your dad groaning there. But I I never (laughs) could get that into those. But, um, you know, they were were okay. I, I enjoyed them. But Daredevil was just something special. Yep. Like, it was just kind of one of those rare pieces of TV where, it's like, it's perfect. Like, what are you going to complain about about this mm-hmm.
0: show? Yeah. That reminds me. My favorite speedster on screen, um, the Flash from the CW, only because every time he runs, somebody in his ear says, and I quote, run, Barry, run! <laughs> <laughs> or they whisper it, run, Barry. Run. I saw a compilation. It's just literally they they say that so many times. I just Um,
1: I just like that's epic. It just like every big event, it was just because they got into that trap of kind of telling the same story arc and just changing the details over and over. And it's like this season on The Flash, Barry must run faster than he's ever run before.
0: I can't go that fast. And they literally just iris. So they're like, Yes, you can, Barry. Yes, you can. And then he does. Right. You know, the start of every, every episode is, my name's Barry Allen. I'm the fastest man alive. Yet the plot to every season is that he's definitely not the fastest man alive. <laughs> There's always somebody faster. Yeah.
1: That's no, great. it was it was always a little a little goofy with that. But um uh, you know, the first season of that show was was really good too.
0: It
2: was. I, I I enjoyed it all the way up till we got a couple of different flashes going. But it kind of started to break. Well the down reverse at some flash
1: point. stuff was great.
2: Yeah, and I enjoyed like, you know, um, throwback flash and then another throwback flash. But then it was like, but he wasn't really throwback flash. He was really an imposter or something. It got convoluted.
0: It got very convoluted.
2: Yeah. Um, but all that to say, Daredevil is great. And all that
1: and to so, say, is so is the Atom Project. Project. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this, this, I'm not going to go into spoilers. At some point, I may come back and do a full breakdown of that movie, but when I do a full breakdown of a movie, I do like to have notes in front of me Um, when you try to break down something that's two hours long.
2: You're like, oh, and we forgot this. Let's go back to that. Right, and then I
1: forgot that whole 30-minute chunk of the movie. Right. So, But it's a really, really fun family flick. It
2: was, and it's one of those, like, you know, it's got its moments where, you know, you tear up a little bit because it's got your requisite family movie like you know what's really important kind of it it has it
1: has that heart
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: and, you know kind of tugs at your heartstrings a little bit
2: yeah um and honestly there were a lot of it was very predictable it's like but i think there were some things that i expected to shake out a little differently than they did
1: yeah i think that's fair and yeah it's a little predictable but like I think sometimes it's okay for an action movie to be a little predictable. Yeah. Like, I, I don't feel like everything has to have a big twist. mm mm-hmm. um, I mean, when you go back and look at the heyday of action films in the 80s and early 90s, when all of your biggest action stars were making action movies...
2: They weren't twisty.
1: There were no twists. You you kind of pretty much, have, for the most part, not, not
0: always... Ro- Rocky loses his fight...
2: Yeah, and and they, the 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 football team loses the game on Friday Night Lights. When we watched it, I was like, "Well, that's not how it's supposed to end." Yeah, but see, Friday like,
1: I I love the, TV the uh, show?
2: no the movie. There's a movie
1: for Friday Night Lights. Yeah, no, it was there. There was a movie that came out in the late nineties. Okay, and of course, it's all based on a book.
2: But most of them were predictable in spite of like the like You go watch exceptions. action
1: movies. Go watch Chuck <laughs> Norris movies where yeah. he's going back to Vietnam to rescue his buddies that are trapped in a pr- in a prison camp, right? There's nothing. There's no twist. Mm-hmm. It's just Chuck Norris kicking people's ass. Which he does. Very well. Very well. But no, I, I really like, if you like action movies, simple family-friendly action movies with really great action and really great visuals, mm-hmm. The Atom Project is a lot of fun.
0: Do you guys remember that movie that came out uh, many years ago? That's all the information I'm going to tell you, actually, about it. Uh, let you figure out what I was talking about there. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. So, it's a movie that came out a few years ago that was set in the Jumanji universe, but it was about a board game that takes you to space.
1: Holy what? crap. I don't remember that.
0: Wait, is this? It's called like Sephora or something like that.
1: I, yeah, I know that I've heard of that movie. I didn't realize that it was set in the Jumanji verse. Uh,
0: yeah, I think it was like, because th- there was a Jumanji book, right? And then there was this book. They were written by the same person. Okay, I think I might be making that up, but um, yeah, I don't know the Adam Project. Trailer gave me vibes of that movie, so I was wondering if y'all remembered uh, that movie. Hmm.
1: I have uh, never seen that movie, so I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, Jumanji was a book written by Chris Van Alsberg who also wrote... Zathura? Sure
1: right. Is it Zathura?
0: Yes, Zathura, yes. Which, yes, he did write. I see it here. Wow,
1: he also wrote Polar Express. I didn't realize that the same person that wrote Jumanji oh. wrote Polar Express.
0: Wow. That's cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's the Thor. Yeah, it was the same same universe because it's like the same it's the same idea except this time the board game takes them to space. Wow. Uh, and there's like an they meet like an astronaut there who like got trapped there and and he reminds me of of Adam of um not Adam of Ryan Reynolds in the Adam Project trailer. So I was just wondering. Okay. Hmm it just it unlocked a memory for me that i forgot i had yeah joss hudgerson was in that movie
1: yeah crazy yeah, huh? i remember when the movie came out but i don't know anything about it other than now that i know it's sort of related to jumanji yeah
2: and i have to go track it down it could be interesting
0: it's probably real bad
2: <laughs> it could happen
1: all right uh let's see um so, I, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about the Percy Jackson and the Olympian stuff. I, I do think that, I mean, it's hard to tell if the kid, like, how good of an actor he necessarily is from mm-hmm. this movie alone. Right. He does a really kill, killer Ron Reynolds impersonation. Like, but obviously for a kid to go from this to, from from nothing to being cast in this and to the Adam Project and Percy Jackson, like the studio sees something in him.
2: Yeah, and especially to cast um, a lead in a series, like to cast a lead in a movie is always a big risk. But a series is a theoretically, especially something for like Percy Jackson. I expect this; they're wanting this to be their new franchise. They're they're intending to make. I mean, because Percy Jackson, the books are a huge franchise, so I I think that they're no.
1: This is definitely. I mean, everybody. This, this is, is gonna
2: be their Narnia contender
1: right. this is everybody went out a few years ago after game about the time Game of Thrones was wrapping up. Mm-hmm. every every major streaming service ran out and bought the rights to whatever fantasy big name fantasy series they could get their hands on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix grabbed Narnia, of course Amazon grabbed Lord of the Rings. Um, I know I'm leaving something big out that wheel um, of time. Wheel of time. Uh, and Disney went out and snagged Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Now they may have already owned some of the rights. I don't really know who owns the owned the rights previously to that, but they.
0: Um, I know that no movies are made, and I don't think they were Disney movies. I don't so. think they were
1: either. So they I'm assuming. I well that would. Fox I think that they the may rights, have acquired they, them
2: in the Fox merger. I'm not 100% sure about that, but that's kind of what sticks in my mind.
1: But this is this is still, it's part of this rush to create the next big fantasy thing mm-hmm. uh, on, on TV. And yeah. so um interested in it. And uh, like I said, the kid's fantastic in the Atom Project. I'll be really, really curious to see how he does in this one.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and and
1: the one thing I will say is, even though he's largely just doing a Ryan Reynolds impersonation, Mm -hmm. he does still show a lot of range
2: and emotion. Yeah.
0: The Percy Jackson movies were indeed Fox.
2: They were indeed Fox. Oh wow! So I also did. I didn't realize that they were directed by Chris Columbus. Yeah. So honestly, Percy Jackson is more an attempt to go out and find the next Harry Potter, I think, than the next Lord of the Rings.
1: Maybe so. Probably and, and I mean, don't accurately. forget, like we are, the, you know, I, there is that Harry Potter series in the works as well.
2: Wait, wait, is that is that really an official thing? Isn't it?
0: Uh, I think that they are officially making a Harry Potter series, but I, 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 it is. I believe the common rumor is that it is not a remake of the movies or anything like that. It is just going to be a TV show set in the Harry Potter universe but it's not actually like an adaptation of the books.
1: Yeah.
0: Which again, that's why I hate when people name their franchises after the main (laughs) character.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Of course. Yeah. Because that.
0: Because Harry Potter has nothing to do with, I don't know the the secrets of Dumbledore but you got to say it's the new Harry Potter movie or people aren't going to know what you're talking about. Right. And
2: they've kind of tried to rebrand a, as the Wizarding World but still it's it's the Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Harry Potter the, show. you're never going to change that. It's it's always going to be Harry Potter.
2: But you know the the last batch of movies of um Percy Jackson movies weren't just a huge splash with Fans of the book. I I didn't actually read the books. I've always heard really good things about them. But I know that the movies weren't as successful as I hoped that they would be. They make two or three of them. Of what? Percy Jackson. I know of two.
0: I think they only made two. Uh, Yeah, they made Lightning Thief and Sea of Monsters.
2: Okay. It was was basically...
0: Sea of Monsters did not
2: do well. It did not do well, no. It sort of did so. the same thing that the Narnia series did, you know, in what, circa 2000 and five.
1: I think they over committed on how well known they thought the Percy Jackson books were.
2: And I think that they kind of made similar mistakes with Narnia because they, not that everybody knows the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but when they didn't, I think they tried to make, A couple of the weirder installments, a little more accessible and they were just weirder. Didn't they go
0: out of order? They were.
1: Yeah. They well they were just kind of skipping around and pulling from the
0: Prince Caspian. That's that's the name of the Yes, the second one. Right. Right. That's what is what order of book is that?
2: So if you go by publication order, um the first one written was a line the witch in the wardrobe, but the he went back in mirth the prequel later. So they, they've talked about rebooting it a couple of times and going back and starting with the magician's nephew, but I don't think that's ever gonna happen. I think that any attempt to redo Narnia has to start with the Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe because it's a Magician's nephew
0: is chronologically what comes first?
2: It is chron is the chronological yes yeah, the prequel basically. How many books are there? Seven.
1: Yeah, it's The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. This is the publication order, is The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, The Silver Chair, The Horse and His Boy, The Magician's Nephew, and The Last Battle.
2: I really hate that they never got to The Silver Chair. That's an awesome book, and that would have been a really fun movie.
1: No, I mean, like, they're going to, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that as a series, and how far, how much ground they intend to cover.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, of course, they nobody's go, ever
1: going to make the seventh book into a movie.
2: They got, yeah. Why not? Because it's really preachy.
1: It it is like the whole thing is like hinting at religious themes, and the seventh book is essentially where it all it explains the whole thing.
2: Yeah, it's all it, it's 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 not. It's a just, great book, but it, not, I don't think it would make a very good movie. It's not subtly. It doesn't have religious overtones. It's overtly religious. Which okay. makes sense.
1: It's essentially in the the end. It's the end of Revelation. It's
2: you know they, they get to the oh, they, they get to Iceland's country, which is which is heaven, you know, and they have lots of it's very a lot more cerebral, lots of conversations about what that means, what this means for different worlds, what and I mean Lewis was a, a really accomplished lay theologian, um, one of the most notable lay, lay theologians ever. And so it's not surprising that his kind of conclusion to his saga is is very um, religious. But it's not, it's, it's a lot more of a what people think and feel story than what people say and do.
0: And it's called The Last Battle? Yes. See, that implies like epicness.
1: It does. And I, I might be totally wrong. There might be some way that someone could make a really killer movie out of it. But it's... It's like, it's seriously, it's it's the point where the reader, if you're reading it for the first time without necessarily understanding that, so both Tolkien and Lewis both hated allegory. Um, it's not allegory. Like, it, it's like a lot of people think that the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe is specifically meant as allegory for the gospel. But it's what is actually he's doing, and once you get to the last battle, you understand that you're actually it's it's multiple parallel worlds that are all serving the same you know s- s- serving the same God. but it's just like oh, he presents in different ways in different worlds. So Aslan is Christ. is Christ.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. And so
1: in the, the last battle and I, mean, and I, I
0: knew that he was uh, obviously supposed to be a, a, Jesus, uh, like a representation of that, but I, yeah. I, I didn't
1: No, It's okay. actually a really, really amazing book. And, uh, but it, it's kind of the point where when you're reading it, that you suddenly, you suddenly understand what you just read in all the, in the other six books.
0: Mm-hmm. That's cool. So the idea, long story short, which I'm sure it's a very long story. Uh, there is one god and he made a there he made there are multiple the multiverse multiverse that he created and each of them have their own uh religious stories yes. that are told but they're all about the
2: same they're
1: all god. actually telling the same story
2: yeah
0: that's, that's pretty cool. They all have
2: the same redemption arc, basically. It just manifests differently in different worlds because of...
0: Do they all have their own heavens, or do they all go to the same... They heaven? all have the same
2: heaven. And that's okay. kind of the punchline yeah, of The Last Battle. Right.
0: Is The Last Battle the battle between heaven and hell?
2: Um, no, it's, it's, it's The Last Battle in... Which actually would have been... That would have been a really interesting story, but no, it's yeah. it's not. It's actually not like a revelation. Last battle. It's just a the last battle in Narnia. Like how okay, Narnia. So it's
0: literally a last battle.
2: Yeah, it's it's like the last battle on this world. It's it's mm-hmm. the the yeah. apocalypse of this reality, basically.
0: It's, okay, so it's the revelations of
2: yes this of this world. Of this world. Okay. Yeah, so it's not necessarily. It's a very different story than. Does like,
0: the rapture happen?
2: No, no rapture. Okay. Well, actually, a little bit.
1: I guess it depends on how you read that chapter. It depends on how you...
2: We're
0: getting you... really into it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to read this. this sounds it's t- have you
1: ever read the whole series?
0: I just read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe.
1: Like, you can literally... I mean, they're short. Like, you can read that whole... That whole series is shorter than a Game of Thrones book.
2: And you can actually, you can get the whole series narrated by some really phenomenal narrators on Audible. You can get like the whole series, like all seven books. That's cool for like one credit.
0: I, I, I read the line of in a Wardrobe a long time ago because uh, mm-hmm. it was short. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I don't remember much about it. I remember liking it. I liked the movies, but i didn't I didn't know any of the stuff that you just told me. And it sounds really cool.
2: It's a great story. It's kind of fallen off in popularity as organized religion has become increasingly unpopular. It's a, it's, it's a, it's, C.S. Lewis is just a brilliant writer. I just really enjoy his writing period. I like his nonfiction. I like his fiction. He's, I like that sort of like sassy, omnipotent British thing he has going on.
0: (laughs) You know, we don't have to put this in the podcast, but now I'm just talking to you guys. If you look at it, even from a writing standpoint, the Bible is one of the best stories ever told. Mm-hmm. If you just look at it from a standpoint purely of writing, mm-hmm. um, it, uh, even <coughs> without factoring your beliefs into it, it's an incredible story. That du- you, can't, I don't think there's a way to get more epic mm-hmm. than Revelations.
2: Yeah, no, and the 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 really fascinating thing about Revelation,
0: epic, not in like terms. By the way, epic, I don't mean like cool, but I mean like. You, yes. you
2: know what i mean by scope. Having, like, yeah the, the scope, scope exactly. and the scale is very it's like it's one of those things where like the imagery gives you chills just because it's like so sort of cerebral and bizarre mm-hmm. um and it also creates a really interesting um sort of you know George Lucas always liked to say it, it rhymes yeah you know that's always his line with star poetry.
0: wars
2: it rhymes um, And the first, like, 11 chapters of Genesis, maybe even, yeah, the first 11 or 12 chapters of Genesis and the book of Revelation have a really interesting sort of uh, symmetry, a literary and symbolic symmetry going on. Um, Yeah, I really enjoy just, I I enjoy Genesis just as a it's a really good story, you know. It's a, it's just a fascinating read, through, and some of it's so weird. So yeah, I agree with you. Just you know, like it's one of those things. It's always interesting to read religious, um, especially really old religious texts, because you know they have that 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 grand sense of scope that I honestly, and I think that's why we're so attracted to big stories. Is because those sorts of big stories, whether you believe that we created these religious texts because that's what appeals to us, or whether you believe that these stories appeal to us because that's how we're made. Anyway, I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, but, no, it does. That does make sense. And yeah. it, it all started with you know people trying to. F- interpret the things that happened mm-hmm. and their place in the universe mm-hmm. and, and interpreting the world and from there that's where storytelling really spawned I think mm-hmm. oh yeah
1: yeah for sure
0: and and that's why forever there will every forever there will be stories that will be you'll be able to trace back to religions and and at the end of the day like all stories I think mm-hmm. not kind of kind of come back to that everything builds on on each other as well as 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 we've discussed many times but
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah no that's really cool your the your description of the of the final battle or is it the last battle The last battle yeah uh, it makes it sound really cool and um uh, yeah that you've sold me on
2: on oh, narnia uh, yeah and it's battles. also got lots of fun you know c.s lewis was a big um big student of classical literature so we you know we we get to see Bacchus and you know kind of roll through occasionally and just like make trouble (laughs) so that's cool you know just for fun just to make things a little more exciting sometimes Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely Narnia is worth reading um and if you're ever now I actually I haven't actually read the space trilogy I think that's the next thing on my list I'm gonna read yeah uh kind of less known all right. Well, and we've um, gone very far afield from whatever. To, oh, Percy Jackson. Yeah. That's what we were talking about.
1: We're not about. that far afield, but I mean, we're a little bit, but we got there, like by a logical course.
2: Yes. Logical. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, did we have anything else? Uh, were there any other topics we wanted to cover before we wrapped up?
2: Mm, covered Stranger Things. Oh, there was another trailer that we were going to talk uh, about. Oh, uh, Multiverse
1: uh, of Madness.
0: Multiverse of Madness
1: yeah um so let's talk about that for a few minutes um what did y'all think about it i mean that that is a wild this movie's gonna be a wild wild ride
0: yeah i'm uh completely um i've given up on trying to figure out what's gonna be in there Mm -hmm. you know i'm just ready to see it um because the possibilities are endless so Of, of like, the cameos we could see. So instead – and also I don't want to, like, kind of, like, dilute the actual quality of the film Mm -hmm. based on just, like, what are the cameos. I'm trying to look at the trailer as, like, okay, how does the movie look? Mm -hmm. And I think it looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that they're going to do some really interesting things with Wanda's character. I was discussing this with a friend the other day. uh, And I don't think this is bad writing at all, but my current interpretation of Wanda and the way she's been written is that she's not – a superhero definitely and she's pretty close to being a bad guy like this is kind of it's, it's almost like her story since Age of Ultron has been her supervillain origin story
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's just kind of the way I'm interpreting her character I'm not compl- I don't think it's bad writing at all I think, I think it's great writing Um and this could be the movie where she finally completely snaps
2: yeah.
0: or she finally completely resolves
2: mm-hmm. her
0: issues and is able to be in a better place it, it's she's yeah. we're at a crossroads for a while. yeah no yes
2: yeah, so that's I, an excellent i think crossroads is is a really good description there yeah
1: well i think we can see some really interesting things and i've seen uh oh the guys over at new Rockstars were were uh kind of opining about how she could be this essentially be this universe's dark phoenix hmm.
0: I think that's exactly what she's going to be. Um, I don't think they want to do a Dark Phoenix storyline yeah. because they they, they were they did that twice in in the Fox universe. Um, I, I think that MCU doesn't want to touch that for a long time. So I think that's exactly what the Scarlet Witch is, is this idea. Like I, When we first saw WandaVision, I remember talking about it and I was like, I got real uh, Dark Phoenix vibes. Yeah. from the the scarlet witch this idea that there's like this cosmic being that selects an avatar on earth and stuff like that like you are the scarlet witch and i think that's what this is going to be i think that's really cool i think it's a cool idea and yeah. I, I kind of like. On one hand, I want a Doctor Strange movie about Doctor Strange, but on the other hand, I'm really, really liking this version of Doctor Strange in the MCU right now. That is kind of just trying to keep everything together. Like, <laughs> right, everything's falling apart, and he's like the last competent person on this freaking planet. <laughs> no, I really and, like and, that, and
1: I mean, it looks yeah, like Spider we're going to see
0: screwing everything up, and every he's just trying to like cast spells and keep the universe from falling apart. Just hold yeah. it together. And he just wants to drink some coffee, God dang it, and, and or some tea and, and relax, but he mm-hmm. can't. And
1: I do think this is very much going to be a Doctor Strange movie, especially given that we've seen, at, at the very fewest, three variants. And we don't know how many others we may encounter. Uh, but I do th- I do like this kind of intertwining of Wanda and Strange because it, it just makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. and I and I think that yeah they could go a lot of ways like we could be doing a reverse House of M thing here we could be doing a Dark Phoenix thing we could be you know it could be um, Sam Raimi actually really likes to tell stories about people facing off with the dark version of themselves mm-hmm. and and it may be Spider-Man that that's what three. and that may be well I mean he's done that like in you know Evil Dead and stuff like that like I think that we could see a a thing where she has Wanda has to make a decision, and that decision is going to mm-hmm. play out visually in facing a darker version of herself. Mm-hmm. They've shown us things that I'm like, wow, they really showed us that. Like and and you know, we know that Marvel's not one to show us a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They don't give away the whole the whole farm. In their trailers, right. like
2: if Age sh- of Ultron, where the entire trailer came out of the first scene.
1: If they're showing you mind-blowing things in the trailers, yeah, this this movie is going to. And you're right, David. There's no, there's not even really a whole lot of point in trying to guess what's going to happen because mm-hmm. I think you could, it could, they could do anything with this movie.
2: Wouldn't it be funny if all the things that we thought were going to show up in One Division wound up showing up in this in this movie?
1: Yeah, and it's possible. I mean, like we especially get, if we do like we a reverse X Men, right?
2: Fox X Men, and we get, uh, I mean, which clearly we're getting Patrick Stewart, so we're at least getting some of that. We get Mephisto. We get. We finally find out what's out with all the B patterns and the.
1: Well, and they're do the other thing is like kind of as an extension of what they're showing us and what they're keeping secret. They showed us that. I mean, it's, we're doing the Illuminati. That's clearly Professor Xavier. From the X Men universe, sitting on the on the panel there, if they're showing as him, who else is sitting there?
2: Who else do you think is sitting there, David? Uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> I mean, I feel like from that goes without Lucas saying. Film.
1: The oh my god, the George Lucas Howard the Duck.
0: Specifically, that one. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's. I think we're gonna see that. I think we're gonna see the. Reed Richards from the Tim Story Fantastic Four movies. Um, I think it's quite likely we'll see that at least. Uh, which I would love. I, I really like that that Reed Richards. Is that honest.
2: Ewan Griffith? Yes. He's a great actor.
0: I think he's amazing. And he's not he doing Reed Richards.
2: Jack right now. Which is a crying shame. Because he's incredible.
0: Yeah, I think he'd be really, really cool. Um, I think... It's possible we could see, and I I think it's very possible we'll see the Tom Cruise Iron Man variant. Um, I think we'll probably see some sort of Doctor Strange on there. Maybe a Black Bolt. Um,
2: Maybe we'll finally get Nathan Fillion as Wonder Man.
1: Yeah, but he wouldn't be sitting on
0: the the Illuminati. He wouldn't be in the Illuminati, but he could be in this movie.
1: He could be in this movie. I mean, that's the thing is like, any, anybody, because we're playing in the multiverse, like, anybody can show up here. Like, they haven't showed us Loki, the... but I don't even see how they can do this multiversal stuff mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now without including Loki.
2: Yeah.
0: The only reason I would think that Loki isn't in it is because we where we left him at the end of his show, I imagine his show picking, like, season two picking right up at that moment. True. And so if we saw him in this, it'd be a little confusing of, like, wait, mm-hmm. so but what happened there but i don't know but he still could definitely be in it i think we'll see kang in this movie for sure Mm -hmm. though i think we
1: have to if we're really setting kang up as the next big bad like this is this makes the most sense to introduce him on the big screen i think he
0: might be in the illuminati
1: there's a big chance of that it could be him instead of reed richards
0: right right or it could be both it could be both what if the council is it's all versions of professor x
1: that could be pretty wild too including
0: james McAvoy. Yeah. yes oh that'd be really cool frick we might we might see a surrey and McCallum magneto in this honestly especially because wanda's in it as well and that's her father i mean i don't know i think it's very possible we'll see a Hugh jackman wolverine in this it maybe even a cameo like i said before it'd be funny if at the end of the movie he goes to sees like professor x is like you got to find logan and then dr Strange finds logan and he tells him to f off and that's that's the last we see of, of Wolverine. <laughs> there's there's a ton of different stuff that it could be, and all of it's very exciting. I mean, oh oh oh, what if we see Eric Bana's Hulk?
1: That'd be I'm, pretty I just, wild.
0: I don't see that? I'm just spitballing here. What if we see um uh, uh Edward Norton's Hulk? <laughs> we should
2: definitely. That
1: would be be interesting. I doubt they could Great. ever get Ed Norton to come back, but.
0: No, no, he wouldn't at all. He'd say, "Okay, if you guys want to if you guys want to CGI my face onto something and pay me millions of dollars for that, then sure, right." Uh, but he would never actually do it. No. but it, I think that'd be funny. Yeah. Um,
1: the only good thing, the, the best thing to come out of that whole situation was it totally changed the way that Marvel wrote contracts. Of course, that was the last movie made before Disney bought it. Uh, but Disney was way more careful about how they how they wrote contracts. After You know, because of that situation.
0: Oh, I think it's very possible we'll see Aaron Taylor Johnson's version of Quicksilver again in this uh-huh. movie. Ooh. We we might see Ralph Boner again. Do we see Agatha? We might see Agatha set up her House of Harkness show. Yeah. Or that might be a prequel. I don't know what House of... Is it House of Darkness or Harkness?
1: Harkness, I think.
0: I know her name is Agatha Harkness, but I didn't know if the show was called like House of Darkness. But I think it's a House of Harkness. Yeah,
1: no, I think I think you're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, it'd be cool. Actually, no, it'd be really cool if we saw. You know how at the end of Shang Chi we saw Bruce Banner sitting on that council, right? Mark Ruffalo. It'd be really cool if actually we saw Mark Ruffalo, like our MCU Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner in the Illuminati, and he's like, "Hey, Steve, yeah, it's yeah, it's me. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this for a few years now, actually."
1: yeah no that could be real interesting um the other thing is here is we know we're going to get uh, that Wong is in this well last time we saw Wong he was palling around with abomination yeah.
2: which I really expected that to go somewhere well it may yeah
0: and, th- and then we saw him in spider-man
2: uh, for yes a quick second. being all pissed
1: <laughs> but uh no I this I can't wait for this movie I know there's a lot of people out there proclaiming that the MCU is dead in a post-Endgame world, but between Spider-Man, No Way Home, and this, I don't know how you can say that. Like, And this movie might end up being terrible, but I really, really doubt that. Like, From what I'm seeing, this is going to be just an absolute insane
2: ride. Sam Mm Raimi makes a good horror movie, and it looks like it's going to be...
1: Oh the, the all like,
2: the most compelling things about Ramy Spider-Man and Raimi horror movies. The the with the um, MCU budget.
1: The like Sam Raimi has a very specific look that he does when he does like zombies. Mm-hmm. And like Zombie Strange yeah. is like it's like that's the most Sam Raimi thing in the whole trailer.
0: What do you guys think of three eyed strange?
2: Oh, that's bizarre.
1: Oh, Old Sinister Strange. Yeah, that's, I don't know, man. (laughs) It's crazy. I I don't even know what to expect. There's really not a whole lot of way. Like, we could do several months worth of shows just speculating on what could be in this movie.
2: I'm just excited to see Benedict Cumberbatch play three different versions of the same character. Because he's got the range. Yeah. You know, he's got the range to be all the things. He's an inc- one of the most versatile actors working right And we right still now.
1: don't know who Bruce Campbell's going to be.
2: And we don't. Maybe he'll be on the Illuminati.
0: Maybe he'll be a Reed Richards variant. Never came. That could that.
1: be interesting. I still think there's a good chance he could be a Strange variant. But at the same time, like I saw somebody saying, how awesome would it be if he was just Ash? hash. <laughs>
0: Oh, that'd be so cool! Funny. That would be amazing. What if the zombies we see are, are if coming deadites? from? Yeah. What if they're? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know.
1: Th- there's, they could do anything, and, and we know Bruce Campbell's going to be in it. I just hope that it's. I kind of hope that it's something other than just the one quick scene like they did in the Spider-Man movies. But we'll we'll see.
0: Give me like five minutes, please, at least.
1: Yeah.
0: Of
2: Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, uh, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up for the night because uh, we, like I said, we could sit here and speculate on this movie forever and get nothing right mm-hmm. because true. who knows? Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, there's there's almost no rules, right? If yeah. you're going to play with the mul- in the multiverse, like.
2: And we already well, now they pulled finally in...
0: own everything. So
1: yeah, true.
2: Well, and they 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 pulled in whenever they decided to pull in two different. Spider-Man variants in the last Spider-Man movie. It's like okay, I, it's all an option now. Like we always kind of speculated that eventually that was going to happen, but now it's officially we've we got Matt Murdock and we've got multiple Spider-Man variants that we've seen on film previously. So yeah, that's the
1: only thing I will say. You're not going to see anything from the Sony verse.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. in this movie. My- I thought I was like, oh, what if like, just William Defoe's Green Goblin shows up again? But no, I don't think that's going to happen. I, 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 I they agree. don't
1: want to play Sony.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I agree.
2: But but um, I still think that the principle still applies. Yeah.
0: It does. I love the idea now that after this movie, if you want to fully understand every MCU film to a T, you have to start with X-Men in the 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and start with 2000s X-Men and literally watch every movie with the name Marvel on it. Yeah. Like that's what that's what and that's what Disney's wanted all this time.
1: Oh like, yes, yeah, for it's sure.
0: It's the habit like that We're like that's kind of like that that's the joke of like oh yeah, after Spider-Man No Way Home, you know what the first MCU movie is? Spider-Man. Right. From 2002. <laughs> right. Now, after this, it's going to be X-Men from 2000.
2: Which they're they're not perfect. You know, especially, you know, X-Men, but man that's fair. X-Men paid their dues.
1: Some of those X-Men movies are really good and they paved the way for a lot of what we're exactly. getting at. Right
2: exactly. And now. that's that's the thing. Like if there is no X-Men, there is no MCU. And so I think it's fair, especially since they're all Marvel properties, for them to kind of finally get get their due.
1: Anyway, I think that's a good place to wrap up. So uh Until next time, Marisha, where can people find you online?
2: You can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore padawans. All right, and David?
0: I am david underscore JG Peoples on Twitter.
2: All right, and I'm Andrew. You can find me
1: running the Twitter account for this show at sci underscore fictionary. You can drop us a line at the science fictionary at gmail.com. And as always, you can find our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 Podcast Network at Red 5 Network on Twitter. And until next time, may the force be with you.